back-to-back wins over challenge legends. And on your birthday, Kylan is having himself a day. Plus, Horacio breaks his silence. The majority does some sabotaging. Smart moves are made, not scared. Brad's beard looks as good as ever. And Jay goes on a cackling confidence trip as he continues to hold the reins to this game. It's the challenge. Battle for a new champion. Episode 13 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today to break down episode 13 of B-Fank. B-Fank Wednesdays continue on multiple episodes into the new year, and we're just... Maybe still only heating up with this season. There is still a decent bit left to go. We have our second to last champ entering the game in this episode. We, of course, are going to talk about that and everything else that went down as the game itself, the strategy itself, the alliances itself did continue to heat, continue to simmer, but didn't quite boil over into anyone from the majority side of things that has been running the season actually ending up down in the sand. But we got close. We got close, closer, definitely closer. Maybe not close, but closer. And I would like to think close as well. Maybe we'll be there next week. There's plenty to discuss. Of course, quick program reminders, as always, and they are the same as they have been and will be for some time. B-Fank Wednesdays, that's what you got for at least the month of January and into probably until the end of this particular season. And then we will start to put together some other content for you. So these will continue every Wednesday night with one exception, which is next Wednesday night. I am traveling. I will be on a flight landing sometime around when this episode, next week's episode airs and will likely not be able to watch and record that evening. I will still do an episode next week. I do not know exactly when, if it'll be Thursday, if it'll be Friday, could even be, it's not going to be Saturday. So it'll either be Thursday or Friday, but uh, expect a slight delay next week as I travel headed to New Orleans. Any New Orleans fans uh, or listeners out there right now listening in, if you got a spot, it's my first time there. Very excited. Me, my wife, one of my best friends and his wife just hanging out, decided we wanted to get out of the cold cities that we live in into somewhere at least a little bit warmer this time of year that we've never been. So if you've got hot recommendations for the New Orleans area, please, please let me know. I do want to look up the old uh, real world house or houses and then multiple seasons there. I don't think they're in the same house and maybe, maybe check those out if you know, MTV fan in me, but otherwise that's what's going down next week. So the episode will be delayed just a touch this week though, episode 13 coming to you right after we just watched. So lots to get into. Here we go. Same as always walk through the episode awards, power rankings, and predictions. Kicking off with the storylines walk through the episode, we start the opening house segments, which we don't have a lot to cover here. Just a couple quick little tiny notes, and then we'll be right on into the daily challenge as the episode itself was. First off, a lot of fans out there obviously not loving the Power Alliance this season, not having a great time with Jay and Michelle and Asaf. So I'm guessing all of you that feel that way 
were having a horrible time a minute or two into this episode when the focus was exclusively first three people on our screens, first three people with confessionals for a good two minutes or so, Jay, Michelle, Asaf, and that's it. So to those people, uh, you know, I'm sorry for that, but maybe things started to go a different way by the, throughout the episode and you started to feel a little bit better, have a little bit more fun. But I did I did find that uh, kind of funny when the episode opened, knowing that there'd be some people out there that are like, God damn it, them again? Is that all we're going to get? So it's not all we get. We then get Berna giving Olivia the validation that she has been needing, desperately needing. Jay has given it to her to some degree, but, you know, I think she needed one uh, potentially a female to back her up on this because she has so many female friends in the house who haven't been as, you know, full-throated about it as Berna is in this little scene that we see here of them sitting out and her discussing her feelings about Horacio not talking to her and Berna totally backing up and validating like this is all so stupid. You shouldn't defend him if he's not going to like even speak to you or acknowledge that he's defending you, the whole thing. She, Berna, the confusion continues. She's an amazing friend in this moment. Back to the point I just gave up on making a minute ago, though. I think Olivia need to both hear it from a female, but also just not Jay necessarily, because I think she could sense a little bit of, you know, Jay, his main focus in this house is getting Horacio out. And so if he's given the opportunity to kind of whittle down on those people that are on both of their sides, then he's taken that opportunity to do it. So it didn't make you feel as purely genuine coming for him. So I think she needed it from another person and Berna delivers. So the story of Berna, is she an amazing friend? Is she a terrible friend? Is she aggressive? Is she just called aggressive? So then she gets aggressive. The whole thing, it's confusing every week. This week though, Berna's a great friend. Berna's the best friend. And that's all there is to that. Finally then, the last little bit from the house is that we get a quick scene uh, before they head to the daily of Kylan journaling and a little, you know, just kind of focus on Kylan. And I, you never read anyone's journals. Obviously, you shouldn't read anyone's journals. I don't want anyone to ever read any of my journals. Uh, maybe some people out there are like, you can read my journals. I, I don't know. I'm the type of, uh, you know, don't read anyone's journal. That's the kind of thing. But seeing him journal uh and and admittedly i mean they put the camera on it it was quick but i think there was like a some michelle and respect those were two words i saw in there so i think he was writing about maybe dupree Cryer elimination and you know michelle's win and everything but it just led me to think i have had the thought before of no i don't want to read anyone's journals it's not that's not cool but if there were a journal to read I would want to read people's journals that of challenge cast members that journal while they're in a challenge house to get that unfiltered, raw, real feelings of what the emotions are like in their own head about themselves and their game and their experience. But also you would assume as you know, we kind of, as I alluded to, I think Kylan was doing there. It's not just purely, this is how I'm doing. This is what's going on with me. It's just random, you know, opinions and thoughts on the game itself. And maybe there's some secret stuff in there. You know, this person actually is pissing me off this. I don't trust this person at all. I'm never going to say that to anyone other than these pages, all that kind of stuff. If you're ever going to read someone's journal or um, I would want it to be a challenge cast member. And that was just a random thing because there wasn't a lot else to discuss within this opening house segment. Then we've got the daily challenge and we're stuck on 16 people in the house. So we're stuck on four teams of four for the third or fourth time in a row here at the daily challenge. And they yet again, do not get to pick those teams. They are yet again, randomly put into the teams, which yet again leads to the numbers being in a way that isn't all that interesting at the end. Let them pick their teams one time. 
Like all the other individual seasons we've ever had, there's been at least a little bit of team picking, partner picking throughout the time on free agents, on the all-star seasons, on, uh, on, on any of them, on any of them. And so it's fine that it's not every time like that, but at least once could TJ just be like, and you know what? You guys go ahead and pick today and let Kylan and Horacio and Zara and Raven team up and be like, look, this is all we got is if we can win and then we can make one decision in this game. Let that happen, please. Because as it leads to here, randomizing the teams ends up the highest probability is going to be that the, the majority alliance has a situation laid out that they could take advantage of and do as they want with, which is exactly what happens. And the game itself is great. I actually, I really like the game. Another fantastic design. I always like shouting out the fantastic designs and even more so when it's like, they do have some staple items that have to be used just in new ways. And it's like, how many ways can you use a semi-truck at this point? And they're like, well, what if it's not a semi-truck this time? It's a tanker and you go inside the tank. It's just very inventive, very creative and shout out every single time that they pull it off. It's a fantastic game. I was super interested in it, except for the fact that two of the teams were not trying at all. Um, and so, or, you know, mostly not trying, most members of the team trying to make sure that they slowly but surely sabotage just a little tiny bit, just enough to give the team that they want to win the best chance at winning, which does eventually happen. I do not blame them for throwing it. That's part of the game. You can hate it. You can love it. Sometimes it's entertaining. Sometimes it leads to more boring results like this one. And it's just a, it's just a fixture of the challenge house. It's been that way since the beginning of the challenge. It'll always probably be that way, which is another reason why I do again say, let them pick the teams in these types of situations. Otherwise, you know, you have, you designed this great game. You put so much work and effort and you pulled off yet another. Every week it is asked of you to create a very cool, never been seen before daily challenge and they do it. And it's kind of ruined because of, you know, the fact that some people can blow it. And so let them pick their teams. My guy, Ed did tear it up though. This takes nothing away from the fact that my guy, Ed dominated this thing, absolutely flew through it. They get the win. They probably, maybe they get the win regardless um, if, you know, there's a super team over there of Kylan, Horacio, Raven, and Zara. I don't know. Maybe because Ed absolutely smoked it. So shout out to my guy, Ed, who I don't really think I'm going to get to talk about otherwise on this podcast. And then afterwards, Ed and Corey and Olivia and Berna are the winners there. And so they have to make the ultimate choice. You know, they got to throw someone in and we know exactly where this is leaning because the majority Alliance has decided that it's finally time. They've been saying Kylan's name a bunch. They're prepared to vote for Kylan again or convince everyone else to vote for him, but they need to finally pull the trigger and just say, Horacio, you're on the other side. We've kind of, you've been pushed there. You've also walked there. You've stayed silent through the whole thing. You're the biggest threat. We got to get you out of this game. So Corey proposes that. And from what little of the conversation we see, Corey proposes it. Olivia mildly pushes back after Corey starts it with, you're not going to like this and that's understandable. And she, Olivia's like, so is there anything I can do? And all three of them kind of look at her and shake their head. And they go back and they say uh, Horacio's name. Now, a lot of people, Kylan included in this moment, say you made a scared move. A lot of people then on the internets also called this a scared move. I, for the first time in a while, I'm very 
active in reading tweets throughout the episode, way too online, as we discussed uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, whichever whichever week that was that I ranted about that. But this time I actually got in on the action and did uh, have a couple comments on, I tweeted during the episode in defense of Corey in this moment, uh, because someone was tweeting at him, calling his move scared. And I, he was correcting them that it wasn't scared. And I was doubling down on what he was saying and saying what I'm about to say to you right here. Uh, this wasn't a scared move. Scared in the first place is one of those many overused phrases in the world of the challenge. There's this lingo of the game that is just used over and over and over. Our move is another one of those. There's all these phrases and excuses and reasons for things. It's all just this kind of boilerplate stuff that this is what you say in a confessional when X has happened. There's all these, there's like a, a dozen things. And it's like, if this happens, you say this. And that's your boilerplate confessional that we hear over and over and over. And that's what makes it so great when we get the actual confessional kings and queens out there that don't just say all the boilerplate stuff or that in a moment where it's so easy, softball given up to him that by the producers of like, you know, just say that he made a scared move or whatever, they actually may give their honest, true opinion and assessment, whether it's, you know, be like, it was a smart move. It's not, it's against my alliance or whatever, but it, like it's smart or anything like that. It's why those things are more interesting. So this wasn't scared, overused term, but this wasn't even it in the first place. He's just trying to get the best player out, which is smart. And the smartest move is always the one to increase your probability of winning, which is what you should always be doing. And yes, that usually means it's boring. The smartest move in the game usually is boring. It, you know, it can be entertaining, can be interesting if it's like, a friend blindsiding a friend because the smartest move for them is like, my friend's going to whoop my ass in the final. So I should get them out. You know, if this was, if this was reversed and it was just Olivia in that group, like we should all get Horacio out. Then it would be, you know, the still the smart thing, but also entertaining, but more often than not smart does not equal entertaining in the world of the challenge, but it is still what you should do. Corey and Ed in this situation too. Corey's doing all the talking for it, but uh, you know Ed is certainly a part of this decision and is in full agreement in lockstep. This is the smartest thing they should do. Horacio is far and away, maybe not far and away, as we'll talk about by the end of this episode, but is the biggest threat, is the top contender here. You don't want to run a final against him if you don't have to. You can, if you want to say that's playing scared and you should do that honorable, like only face the best of the best. Well, you know, Horacio and Jordan can say that because they're Horacio and Jordan and they're going to probably win in that situation because they're the best athletes and the best suited to win a final. Everyone else is just like, whether confidence or no confidence, I would just like it to be as easy as possible so I can win, I can be called the champion, and more importantly, I can take home all of the money. And all of this is a problem for the show and is something I don't think I've talked about in this way before, so I'll take this last part of this segment to do so. When smart equals boring more often than not, and you build a game that simply incentivizes smart these days, long ago it didn't. This game didn't ever, you know, the first 15 to 20 seasons of the show didn't incentivize smart gameplay, okay? It incentivized entertainment and drama, and slowly but surely they turned it more and more into a sport, more and more focused on the strategy, more and more like we don't even, if there is the big drama, the big whatever, we, you know, people might get kicked out for it or people, we might not even show any of it. And, you know, we get to the point where we've been the last, I don't know, three to four years in real time of the show, which is, you know, 
six seasons, seven seasons, whatever it's been here, basically everything post-War of the Worlds 2, uh, Total Madness, Double Agents, Spies, Lies, and Allies, Rider Dies, and now B-Fank, plus your USAs and your World Championships. And we're at a place where when you focus on strategy and it's a sport and winning matters above all else, then people slowly but surely are just going to play smarter and better and smarter and better. And that's going to tend to be boring large alliances, which is the smart way to go, is the best place to play the game from if your goal is simply just to win. And so now that's the number one and only incentive in the game, which is how you get a vacation alliance that dominates multiple seasons in a row, which is how you get these vacation slash vet alliances, which is how you get in this season. Now, uh, I was almost said Tori because you know, I'm basically referencing Tori and all of her friends the last few seasons, but on this one, Michelle and Jay in this majority alliance that just kind of runs things and dominates. And you're going to get, you're going to get some boring stuff out of that. So until the incentives are different in some way, shape, or form, then you're just going to get smart gameplay, which is most of the time boring gameplay. Then we head back to the house, but pretty quickly to the club, and that's what we're going to talk about here. So the Olivia Nerys Horacio breakup doesn't actually happen this episode, as it was kind of seeming like it was heading that way. If anything, we we get to the end of this episode, and those three are like back on better terms than they entered this episode, certainly. And instead, it's the kind of almost breakup, near breakup of Jay and Nerys, and their alliance and friendship is kind of the thing put on the line here and she is squarely put in the middle now of these two alliances which is interesting that you know last week uh yeah last week we talked about the note colleen had written out and you know labeled everyone in the house and how Norris was the only one in that middle column squarely in the middle of this game that no one was talking about no one was targeting and was actually like firmly confidently loyal from loyalty coming to her from both sides of that, whereas the other three in the middle were only kind of getting loyalty from one side of that and maybe a touch from the other, and so they were, you know, seem much more vulnerable. And we learn in this episode the good news for Nerese, even though she's stuck between it, neither side is going to ever say her. She really is in the best position in the game. Neither side of this is ever going to say her name. She is safe, 100%. She is going to, at some point, is kind of made to do it this episode, but actually will for real be made to do it, I would assume, in the future, having to make a really hard decision between, like, pick one of these sides and make a vote that does hurt one side or the other. It seems like she does in this episode. I'll cover that in a second. She doesn't really do that in this episode. But it is good to know, for her sake, that she will not, you know, no one's voting for her. So she is completely and utterly safe, it seems like, in this game. Now, she and Jay have a fantastic little back and forth moment. She wins that moment in my book. If I'm scoring that one, I'm scoring it for Nerys. Uh, Jay knew she was right. That's why he's kind of threatening to walk away and, you know, isn't nearly as loud or confident or walking around with the giggles and everything the way he is the rest of the episode in this moment because he knew she was right. I would have liked to see the full conversation that eventually happens between Horacio and Olivia. Thank goodness he finally is like, I'll pull you to the side and remind you that like, I've got your back. I love you. We're friends. And also he kind of, he doesn't go all the way as saying it, but again, that's why I kind of wish we clearly got an edited down condensed version of this. I wonder if he 
at some point said the same thing he says to Norris during the nominations, which is don't jeopardize your game for me. He says that in the confessional, but I think that's the last bit he needs to say to her in person of like, I have you 100% and I understand that you're going to have me as much as you can. But if it did come down to like me or someone in the core alliance that you're working with that I'm not now, it's okay. Like you could say me and it's not going to hurt anything. That would be fantastic for those watching on YouTube. This is Bodie. For those watching on YouTube, you just saw Bodie, my dog, my puppy, jump up in my lap and uh, knock my microphone off of me. For those just listening to the audio and wondering why there was a random stop, pause, and now I'm saying all this, well, I just explained why. So we're back to it. And yeah, I would have liked to see that whole conversation. He's got to remind her more often, not just when he gets voted in that he has her back, but more often than that. But uh, it was good to see them have that little bit of repair to things between them. And uh, now we get Horacio confident, ready to go into elimination. Then we go to nominations. And so this is where I alluded to earlier, Norris doesn't really blow the plan here. Kylan said during the episode on Twitter that James and Colleen backed out prior to nominations, told them right before that they weren't going to you know, go along with it. And that means that Norris's burn vote, yes, they edit it in a way that makes it look like she kicked off the, you know, the failure of the tie vote plan, but it was always only going to be a tie vote at best. And again, uh, they actually knew going in, which is why she, you know, felt even more comfortable just going ahead and burning the vote. Um, you know, Norris is in an impossible spot. So I get why she, you know, was probably either, no matter what was likely going to end up burning the vote and, you know, doing Kyland in here. But Colleen especially is the one that needed to show loyalty. James, whatever. Colleen, though, is the one who has the conversations we see. She's been saying the last couple of weeks, although we don't know when those confessionals are filmed, you know, as always, that she wants to make the move. She wants to swap kind of alliances here. They don't have her back, et cetera, et cetera. And then she doesn't even do the vote. She still votes with the majority alliance here. And this is a lose-lose, or, you know, this is losing for her instead of gaining. You couldn't actually have gotten Kylan off the hook. You couldn't have gotten Jay in there. But you could have shown solidarity and loyalty to this new group so that next week or the week after or the vote after that, at some point, that group, when you guys get together and try again, they can trust that you're going to go with it. Now, they don't fully trust that you're going to go with the plan. And the other group still has you at the absolute bottom. So you didn't do yourself any favors. Her first mistake, I think we've seen her make really, and I think it was a mistake. Um, I was, I had high hopes that she was one that wouldn't make that kind of mistake that would be ready to like, even if it doesn't ultimately matter, I want to show that we're, we're going against you. So that was a little bit of a bummer. James, James needs to realize that there's five guys in the main Alliance that Mariah is a part of. And so he can't even hold on to the fact of like, well, you know, I might be at the bottom of theirs, but I'm in the five. And so like, if five guys make a final, like I'm in that group, can't even hold on to that. There's five men in front of him and their alliance. He might be ahead of Kylan Horacio. Okay, sure. The way Colleen is, you know, ahead of Raven and Zara. But that's not much. You should be on the other side. You should tell Mariah, look, like, I'm never going to say you, obviously. But on the men's days, I'm over here on this alliance. On the women's days, I'm in your alliance. And I will do whatever you want. And that's how that's going to be. I think that would go over well. But it doesn't. 
or, you know, it doesn't happen in this moment. And the only other thing to talk about here is obviously Jay puts on a hell of a performance leading up to the, <laughs> leading up to speaking to James, the one that spills the beans immediately. Mariah spills the beans to the rest of the group. Love that Colleen at least, you know, pulled out her old mold days of like sitting there when Mariah walks in and keeping a straight face and not saying anything when Mariah's like, James says this is happening. And, you know, Colleen's like, well, yeah, I was the one that started that conversation and it was the one that had the conversation with James. So thanks, James. She keeps a straight face in that moment. Uh, but Mariah spills the beans. Jay goes on the warpath. It was chaotic. I feel like it was not truly like full confidence. I I, I believe, you know, when Horacio, I think, says, you know, I'm sensing some nervousness. Kylan says, I'm sensing, you know, this isn't this isn't all confident. You, you're kind of spiraling a little bit here. I don't think either side is 100% right. I think he mostly is confident in his numbers in this situation and is having a great time with it. But there is a little bit of nervousness in there and a little bit of adrenaline too of like, wait, I finally do get to do something and also I'm bored and I'm going to have, and there's just a lot of excitable emotions coming up in there. Are they all totally baked into confident? I don't think so, but I do think a majority of them are. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, I enjoyed it. It was at least some drama and some action. So props to Jay for that. And it's insane in the first place that he is clearly running this house. It's kind of insane, to be honest. I didn't think there would be a world where Jay is just completely and utterly running a challenge house and then can do have a moment like this, a performance like this, where he just walks around and kind of rubs it in everyone's face that they can't actually do anything to him about it and that he can throw a challenge to get one of them thrown in because he knows there there's no votes that are going to, you know, I don't, it's fine if I'm up for um you know in jeopardy um which is, is an interesting tactic though given that michelle just went in on the chaos thing and you you probably feel like you're in a position similar to michelle with the chaos stick if it is pulled again but it's you know no matter how many caveats you want to throw on you know it's boring they set it up for him i just don't like jay for some reason i don't want him and michelle to be the centers of attention here they have so many friends, la da dee, la da da. No matter how many caveats you want to put on it, whether you want to put zero or all of them, on some level, it's impressive that he is just straight up running this house. Finally, then we get to the arena. Brad's here. And uh, this is, I believe, maybe I'm, I, I think this is pretty well sourced and known that Brad was kind of the alternate champion, if you will, that he was brought in when Bananas ended up either said no or had to back out after saying yes um, to film House of Villains amongst all of the many shows that he's on at this point. So I think they're, the reason maybe we got Kara last week in the order that we did was either to give time to get Brad there or there's a chance maybe it was always supposed to be Kara Bananas CT as the end three, uh, which would make a little bit of sense. So uh, Brad is here either way. And I love Brad, absolute great human, love the guy to death, always pulling for him in the game and even more so outside of the game. Fantastic guy fighting the good fight out in the real world. Love, love, love. Brad, glad he gets the respect of being part of the group of 10 champs that get recognized in this way on this season. So love this for him. The game that they end up playing, he pulls, you know, Kyland, they're playing Kyland. I also love that it is Kyland that he goes against because and that Kylan is there to yet again be the one who has the kind of historical knowledge of this show and can kind of help put the respect on Brad's name of like, 
a lot of the other people have no idea maybe even who this is. Um, they don't watch the show or didn't, haven't watched the show for long. And uh, Kyland has, and Kyland is aware. So that's really helpful as well. The game they play is pretty good. Endurance and elimination, always interesting way to go. And the way this one goes is Kyland smokes this, absolutely smokes Brad. And I don't, no one, maybe Horacio was touching him in this, maybe. No one in this house was beating him in this. He goes so fast. He kept it moving the whole time. 10 to 6 is no joke. Like, I know Brad, as he even says, you know, maybe isn't in the best shape that he's ever been in uh, and whatnot. But he does allude to, you know, like, that it wasn't just the cardio, it's the weights and stuff, too. So he is slim. He's looking trim, still the big, bulging muscles. But, you know, Brad is a thick, muscular guy and has looked a little leaner here. So he had the little weight that helps him out. But maybe not the cardio practice recently that would help him out. Even so, Kylan just flies, flies through this the whole time. Dog interrupting again. Bodhi really wants to give you his thoughts on the challenge, but I haven't taught him English yet, so can't do that. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't know Kylan had cardio like that in him. So Horacio may have some competition after all, because Kylan is now checked. That was the only box left for Kylan to check of like, do you are you good or better? Good to great amazing somewhere on the very positive end of the scale in each of the boxes you need to check to dominate to win a final and he's got all the smarts he needs for all the different types of puzzles or math or anything like that he's got some poise and calmness to him to be able to just keep his composure during it it seemed like he was fine with the eating you know uh not stand out but rarely is anyone stand out good at it as long as you can do it is what matters he's got some strength he's got the size if that rarely matters um but he's he's got good size not a giant where if they throw him on a mountain and i'm going to be worried about too big of a person too much oxygen needed in that body a tiny bit but not quite and uh now we know he's got the endurance he's got it all so Horacio's got some competition here after all, potentially in a final. I'm so glad that as I re referenced just a second ago, you know, he's the one that has the history of the show, knows the history of the show. So I'm glad that that is the person, the one who has studied the show is the one who ends up knocking out multiple champions and can really like know what that means and know the people that he beat and what they've done in the past and the whole thing. So I love this for Kyland. He's fantastic. And yeah, I do. I do. While I want them both there, I would it would have been interesting to see the actual two competitors go against each other, Horacio and Kyland, but I'm glad they're both still there. We remain at 16. And next week, you know, prediction, early prediction here in this podcast. We won't remain at 16 next week. Someone's gonna finally lose because CT's coming. Awards time, best quote, two nominees. Yet yeah, it's kind of becoming a thing as the quotes have been a little lesser than. The last couple seasons here, my my ability to track them and write them down has become lesser than. So I know every week I miss some. I appreciate those of you commenting on YouTube and giving me the you know the ones that should have been nominated or even should have won. Thank you for that. If I miss any, as always, put them there. DM me on Instagram, what have you. Two nominees I'll give though. One of them was really sneaky under the radar. You might not have picked up on Horacio. Quote: There's a lot of people running for president end quote, which was his response when Michelle comes out after Jay, the storm that was Jay had rolled through the poolside. And uh, Michelle's like, what the hell went on out here? And Horacio kind of is like, uh, there's a lot of people running for president. And I was like, that was 
funny and I, it doesn't 100% make sense, but I get what you were saying. And I just, I just liked everything about it. And it was under the radar and it was Horacio talking. So like, we got to put that in there. Kylan, then also this one's for you, Jay, as he puts the winning ball in, we'll give the win to Kylan. Best moment. Kylan starting shit after the daily. I enjoyed that. Again, I told you earlier, I think it was smart, not scared, but that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy Kylan as he's now shows a reputation. He'll start some shit. He'll talk some shit. He'll say some shit right after a daily uh, if he thinks your decision or if you're not being fully transparent with your reasoning for the decision. Except in this instance, again, I think Corey was actually not only just making a smart move, but was transparent, was like, I think he's going to win a final, so we would like to get him out. There was no lies there. There was no half-truths there. There was no nothing there, but I still like Kylan starting that shit. Second one, Narice shutting down Jay at the club. Loved everything, that whole scene. Third one, Jay obviously going on, you know, his confidence-fueled crackling tour. Cackling tour, loved that. And then the Kylan, this one's for you, Jay, as well as Jay afterwards giving him the props as they walked out and being like, two champs, dude. Now you got more than I do now as usual, referencing his CT win, as he should forever and always, by the way, those people that get tired of that, you, you, you can get tired of it. He shouldn't stop saying it. It's, I would never stop saying it. I'd say it every day in my life, for the rest of my life, if I beat CT in anything in life, to be honest with you. MVP of the episode, Olivia fifth, Horacio fourth, Jay third, Narice second. I thought about giving it to Narice, but I'm going to give it to Kylan. Second win, start some shit is trying to lead, you know, the the new alliance, the burgeoning alliance to take down the majority, to take down Jay and Michelle. He's doing a lot, doing a lot of great things. And I just really enjoy the guys. So Narice, close second, but Kylan gets the MVP for this episode. Finally, we've got our power rankings and predictions. Power rankings here. A big change up again on the men's side. Let's go men's first because there was a bigger change over here. Horacio stays number one. Kylan's got to go all the way up to number two. Now that we know, check that endurance box. We'll get to, you know, double check that check next week during the mini final daily challenge. But he's got to be up there. Yes, they're going to get targeted. But at this point, he is clearly shown he is one of the other big threats in a final. And we're getting closer to it. Ed drops down to third. Emmanuel to fourth. Corey drops to fifth. Second to fifth. Basically, this is, I hit the point of the game where I just really am kind of thinking final only, not really if you're going to be eliminated before or not. And I'll take Ed and Manuel in the final slightly over Corey until proven otherwise. Again, I have the endurance question for Ed and Corey. You know, Emmanuel a little bit less. Uh, the, the dancing keeps you in pretty good cardio shape. Um, so we'll see. But I think all five of them are definitely have a shot at winning. Jay, Asaf, James rounds it out. The only one I'm going to say can't win is James. I'm feeling nervous about Jay or Asaf's chances of winning. We will see, but I'm not going to say it's zero for them. The only one I'm going to say it's zero for is James. On the women's side, Zara overtakes Raven for number one. The way everyone in the house is talking about her, I think I just have to respect and you know appreciate what they're seeing in person as much as we're seeing on camera. She's in the number one spot. Raven stays number two. Narice moves back up to three because, again, I just she's in the final. She's in the final. No one's voting for her. Michelle fourth. Mariah fifth, Olivia sixth, Berna seven, Colleen drops all the way back down. She moved up to fourth, back down to eighth. Uh, I think she's in a no-win position, and she didn't help herself get out of that in this episode. As for predictions, still haven't lost anyone from the game at all since I made my new finalist and winner's pick. Horacio, Manuel, Corey, Kylan, Raven, Nerese, Michelle, Colleen. 
Raven and Horacio winning, but Horacio being the sole individual winner. My predictions last week for this week, not very good. I thought Brad would face Emmanuel, or if he pulled the chaos stick, go against Horacio. Neither of those happened. Said Horacio and Olivia would officially, you know, break it off, break up the friendship. Opposite happened, as usual, when I make a prediction. The only one I kind of got right, I said Zara and Raven would giggle in a corner as they realized that they survived the part of the game where they're, you know, now have a little bit of a power and can chill, be queens, it'll all be great. There was some of them chilling, being queens, and I think they are some of the ones smart enough in the house to do the math and be like, we had five female champs come in. I bet we're going to have five men. I bet we got a couple, not just one, but a couple men's eliminations in a row here. So I think that one, you know, at least a little bit right. As for predictions for next week, one of them that has been continuing on is finally going to come to fruition next week. I think Jay faces CT. I think CT beats Jay. We will see if this happens, but we know for sure CT will be there next week. As for the mini final, I'm going to assume that's a pairs situation. We get to see some pairs. Please, Lord, fingers crossed, let them pick those pairs. That would be the best case scenario. If they do, <laughs> you better believe right now that, uh, well, is Horacio would pick Nerese or would he just go with Zara and be like, y'all are going to lose? Would, you know, oh, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Who gets, hmm, man, yeah, it's really, it's really tough. I think, I think whoever's partnered with Zara, assuming it's not James, assuming James is with Mariah. Um, yeah, I think Kylan and Zara end up, yeah, Horacio's with Norris. So if they get to pick their teams, Kylan and Zara pick each other, they win the daily, they get to be in power, they throw in Jay to make the next part, the first part of my prediction come true. That's what I've got, which means none of that's going to happen. So mark your books, Jay and Michelle back in power next week is probably what's going to happen. So that is all for episode 13. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, next week, it'll be coming a little bit late. Thursday or Friday, I'm not sure, but while traveling, we'll get it recorded. We'll get it watched and recorded. It will come out just a little bit. Wait. Otherwise, thank you as always for being here. DM me at Challenge Historian on Instagram if you want to chat challenge or comment below if you're watching the YouTube video. Thank you all. Love you all. Appreciate you all. Until next time, peace.